Stieber, Stieber kapura törhet, eldőlhet a mérkőzés, Stieber a 16-oson belül, lövés, gól! Hello and welcome to the Hungarian International, the Hungarian Football Podcast. On today's show, we're going to talk about Georges Likens, who's just joined as Hungary manager, and we're going to talk about the upcoming games, we're going to talk about the Hungarian football system, and we're going to touch on NB1 a little bit as well. On today's show, we have Gergely Marozzi. Welcome to the show, Gergely Marozzi. Hi, how are you? It's fine to be here again. Yeah, it's good to have you back. Um, we'll just go straight into it. Georges Likens... Um, his name was left field. It kind of came from nowhere. Um, were you surprised by this appointment? And do you think it's a good one? Well, we'll see whether it's a good one. It's, I wouldn't say it's, it's an outright bad one. I wouldn't say it's a very inspiring one. But on the other hand, I don't know if Hungary and its status is enough to to attract a very high caliber coach. And uh, I. I felt from the reactions that uh, that the fans expected maybe more, or somebody maybe with a an even bigger name, or somebody young and upcoming. So like appointing the 68 year old Lakers is not something that was like widely cheered in the Hungarian fan base. On the other hand, if I look at his CV. It's maybe one of the best, or maybe even the best pedigree that any coach has worked with the Hungarian national team, any foreign coach, and it's one of the best pedigrees any coach worked in the Hungarian football in a whole. So it's yeah, I don't think it's bad. I think it's a short-term thing. Well, George Lakers is famous for staying like two years. Uh, at maximum most places so it looks like short-term fix until 2020 european championships and nothing more yeah like you say he, he doesn't stick around very long is i think his maximum tenure is probably about three years i think what a lot of people expected like you say was kind of a, a young and upcoming uh, coach, maybe like Jolt Love um, or Celesi, yeah. uh, someone of that kind of pedigree who's kind of learning his trade. Do you think that this appointment is gonna gonna rip up the the system, the Hungarian system which the Germans have built, or or do you think he's gonna try and continue it in his in his own in his kind of version of Germanification, if you like? I do, I don't think that he's He's going to do something like Bernstein, uh, getting the brand new stuff in, like I think about 15 people with ties from German, uh, ties in Germany or German or, or German coaches. No, I, I don't think that there will be kind of immigration like this from Belgium. No, uh, I don't know how much will stay from the Stork era. I don't know how many people will will stay here and continue to work here. I basically it's one big unknown for even for us, and we don't hear basically anything yet. I would be very surprised because those people are here because they have they they have ties with Berstork. Now that Stork is gone, I don't know what's the reason for them to be here or stay here. 
maybe a few of them, maybe a few of them really feel all right in Hungary, feel like that this is a project that it's worth, worth working for in the future, but I think most of the Germans will leave. And I, I don't really think that MLS would like to, to have such, a, such an influx on the same level that we've seen in the last years. Do you feel, uh, to me, it kind of feels like uh, the model isn't very old whatsoever. I mean, like Stork was appointed just over three years ago. Uh, no, just yeah. over two years ago. Yeah. Yes, just over two years ago. Yes, two and a half. Uh, and yes. so, so to kind of, uh, and he brought obviously all, all the staff with him and this whole kind of new model of, uh, of, of Hungarian football, to rip that up so quickly is just... It's like dumbfounding, really. Do you, would you agree that with that, or? Yes, yes, I would agree, and it's it's really it's not the first time uh, Hungary has done that. Because when Erwin Kuman was the national team manager, there was also Laszlo Jambor, former fitness coach of Ajax, in uh, in. I don't know, director of development or something like this. That was his position. That was basically strategic director position. And then Erwin Kuman came in. And then another Dutch guy called Van Buren uh, came in to to oversee the under 21 and the under 19, under 17. So basically all the youth teams. And within two years, they were all gone. Maybe, maybe Kuman was for three. Maybe, but I think he was also gone in two years. So that was like a Dutch line, and we throw it out. Now, Benstor came in and basically got total power. After at first he he had the development director position or something uh, something like that again, sporting director, and then he became the national team coach, and then he qualified with the team for Euro 2016. And then, of course, nobody doubted him. So basically, it's okay. All power is in hands. It's it's okay. But then, in, within one year, basically, it collapsed. The national team's result just dived. Stork is out, and and basically everyone will be or probably will be out. And that if that doesn't make sense to you, that doesn't make sense to me either. No, and and I can understand understand people's worries that obviously it wasn't working because we lost to Andorra and we had a, a dodgy campaign. But to a, a, a strategy or a system like this is going to take time. I mean, if you look at England right now, they started their system five or six years ago, and only now are they seeing like the fruit of their labours. They're seeing like they're under 17s, they're under 19s doing well. I don't know why. You, I don't know why you would implement a system so thoroughly, which Hungarian football has done from under 19, under 21, yes. your academy director, to, to, at this level, to throw it out in t- inside two years. I mean, uh, like, yes, I it's dumbfounding. Well, I, I think the I think the basic mistake was giving the giving a strategic position and. The national team coach position mm-hmm. to the same to the same man, yeah. because one strategic, they are head of development or head of football, 
our football director works in the long term for the de development for a long time. It's maybe we, we cannot even judge Ben Stork on what he's, he did uh, with, for example, youth football because we cannot see the results. We will see it in maybe five years, six years, something like that. So that's for the long term. But a national team coach, national team coaches everywhere in the world in for the short term. I think there are maybe a handful like maybe six, seven coaches in Europe right now who are who are at the national team for more than five years. Only one, Joachim Löw, is for more than 10 years. In Hungary, the average, let's say, life expectancy or coach time expectancy of a national team manager is uh, just a little over two years. So basically, you can expect that in two years, the national team manager will be gone. So giving a position which which needs time, which is for the long run, and giving another position to the same man, which is for the short term, that doesn't work. I don't think that it can work anywhere. Mm -hmm. So I, I think that, 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 was, that was a major mistake on part of the Federation. But on the other hand, if I was in the, if I was in the Federation, well, what can you do? I mean, you appoint the guy as a director, then appoint the guy as a stopgap measure for national team manager. And he is becoming so damn successful that you cannot really say that, okay, now you have to choose one of those. Yeah. Because everyone is, everyone is behind him. Everybody believes in him. But then they basically, they left what they saw. Because, uh, because these, two, these two positions, I think, were also were always in, in some kind of conflict. Yeah, I think conflict is definitely the right word because you see, you see kind of the the director side of Stork coming through in the Andorra game when he's playing the likes of Bench Tort and uh, David Markvart and trying to blood these youngsters in too early, and then you kind of see the manager side yeah. who's who's uh, maybe not taking well, maybe he's not taking the manager side as seriously as he should be where he's he's got to think about the here and now. The, like you say, there was a real conflict. We've got a question here from Miklos Ilku, and he says, um, what are the positive things that Stork leaves? Um, well, Euro 2016, that's for sure. I mean, everybody will remember that. Everybody will remember Stork for it. And I, I think in 10 years, we'll be telling romantic stories of how great it was to be in France with Stork. So I think everybody will remember him as the one who took the national team uh, to the European Championships and who, who took Hungary to major championships after 30 years of waiting. That will always stay with him and always stay with us as well. And I, I think, on one hand, I think it was the right decision for him to go because we could see that something was really not working with the national team and the results were much weaker than expected. On the other hand, I don't think that he was a bad coach or the wrong decision. Or he, he, he encountered an unlucky patch and couldn't get the team out of it. And, and that's a problem because if you cannot get your team out of the hole, you have problems as a coach. 
it's not the team which gets fired, it's the coach who gets fired. So, so, so I think that, that the European Championship, the fact that we could see like 25,000 Hungarians going through the streets before the matches, uh, the thing that like everybody celebrated in Budapest, I, I still can't believe, I still, can, I still can't believe that, uh, that that will stay with everyone. I think that will stay with Stork too. And we will, we will remember. I think time time will be good for him. Time will be good for him. He will be remembered well. And more people will talk in 10 years and 20 years about that he was in France with the national team than uh, then, then they will talk that he lost to Andorra as well. <laughs> Do you think, apart from that kind of romantic legacy, is there anything like in Hungarian football, which he's, he's kind of uh, put the platform to uh, platform down for in for future generations. We cannot tell yet. I, I think we I think we cannot tell yet because uh, we, we we don't see what he what he had done. Uh, we we see the results of the. Youth teams, okay, but uh, we see some kind, of, some structural changes, like the changing of the Hungarian first division, the Hungarian second division for the youth, and there was a shake-up, okay, uh, and and for more, we we cannot see yet. We cannot see yet. Maybe in five years we will see, but maybe somebody else will come, and will take the success as his own. It's, 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 really, it's really, really difficult to judge somebody in a direct role because you don't see, you don't see. And sometimes they are gone, but in three, in three, four years, they did something which is starting to work or click then, and they will be longer. And so, so, so I don't, I don't know. I, I cannot see yet what he has done. I can only see what he has, he had done with the national team. With strategic decisions, we need to we need to see. We need to see. Was there any? Was there ever a chance that Stork was going to kind of stay on as just technical director, or, or was that kind of not an option? I think that that ship had sailed after the European Championships. If after the European Championships, Stork said that okay, that was enough, I'm reverting to my original role as director. Then everybody would would have been kind of okay with that, but there was you you have to remember that the time was very tight until the start of the World Cup qualifiers. But after that, if he resigns or if he gets fired from the national team coach position and stays on as a director of football, he will be basically the boss of his successor, or will have some kind of control over the national team manager. That doesn't fly. I, I think that doesn't fly anywhere. So no, 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 maybe I think that you are all, if you, if you leave one, you have to leave the other as well. I think it would have been hard for him to to kind of step back after the euphoria of yeah, the Euros, really. And, and once you get like basically total power or control, uh, very few people Want to relinquish would it. like to relinquish 
Yes. Exactly. Yeah. Yes, I, and I, I, I've got a feeling that Stork has a kind of autocratic tendency. So I think more control it can. Giving up control didn't. Mm-hmm. And I can't imagine that uh, George's Leakins would have been able to work with Stork. I mean, Leakins is kind of uh, well, he's at least an experienced head, and I'm not sure if working with the former manager of the team would have would have worked really that well, to be honest. No, I don't. I don't think so. I don't think so either. I, I cannot. I can't really imagine that Leakins would be overjoyed with a national team director. Or uh, football director mouthing into his job, and and the other way around as well. Stork is, I don't know, he, he he's probably not that easy to work with. I've heard that. So so yes, it it would have been conflict bound. So I I think it made more sense that he that he left both positions. Going back onto Leakins, uh, Miklos asks again, um, th- what are the things that he needs to change after the Stork era? To give faith to the national team and the fans. I think that. that, Because that is key. I mean, we don't have a bigger talent pool. We cannot summon, I don't know, world-class midfielder out of thin air. No, there is no magic. He will work with the same players. Maybe he will find one or two new guys, but he will work with the same players. So, and that's a very, very small talent pool. He has access to what he can do. And what the what the Belgian journalist says he's good at is like making the making the players believe that they can do it, making the fans believe that the players can do it. That takes very good communication skills. I I think that's that's the more that's the most important because I I think in during this World Cup qualification uh, we 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 saw that that doubt was creeping into the national team players. I they weren't really the same mentally as they were at the European Championships, where they absolutely believed they can. They can beat Austria. They can they can go head to head with Portugal. They tried everything, and that some and sometimes that part I felt was like, was lacking during the World Cup qualification. They kind of lost faith. Yes, yeah. so if Lakers is able to restore that, that's that's a major step. That's a major step. And I don't know. I don't. He he cannot work wonders. I don't. I don't believe he can. Do magic and Hungary will start like demolishing opponents left, right, and center with fantastic attacking play, something like that. No, playing very, very, very pragmatic football, very rational football, be tight, make the players believe that they can be a match for everyone, make a team that that the other other national teams hate to play against. And, and also, also also what he can change, maybe is like, of course, Stort's weak point. One of Stort's weak points is never utilizing uh, Nemanja Nikolic at the national team. And maybe that that is something tactical that he can work on. And if he can get Nikolic into the team and firing, 
that that would be a major step forward. A hundred percent. On that point where you say that kind of the enthusiasm was gone after the after the Euros, I, I kind yeah. of think that was it was always going to be hard to replicate because you kind of come off this massive high where where you where you're performing at your best and then it's kind of almost battered in the end by Belgium but you kind of still leave on this high it's hard to pick yourself up for the next World Cup qualifying campaign when you're going away to Faroe Islands it's hard to get that enthusiasm back playing in front of I don't know 20 to 30,000 Hungarians in France going from high to high and they go and first match against Faroe in Torsang on an artificial pitch it's crap weather it's I don't know 2,000 people and it's just miserable football out there. No, yeah, you lose enthusiasm if you don't have the results. Exactly. Yes. I mean, like you, you kind of look at Portugal as well. Their start to the the campaign was kind of sluggish. They lost to Switzerland. They just come off this massive high, and it's the same thing for everyone. If they come off this this Euros, the, the World Cup, the, the initial World Cup qualifiers are always going to be a bit tough. And, and the, t- the likes of Portugal can kind of breeze past the likes of Lit- Latvia, Andorra, Faroe Islands easily because they can play at half pace and still win. But whereas Hungar- Hungary, if they're doing the same thing, they can't because they haven't got the quality to kind of play at half pace. And that was kind of the problem when Hungary, um, Hungary go into the, into the World Cup and off, off that massive high, you, you, you're just going to drop down. It's just it's human nature, really. On the point with Nemanja Nikolic, we've got a question from David Asboff. He says, uh, I read that Likens favours the 4-3-3. Is that likely um, with Zolai and uh, Nikolic both competing for the striker position? Who do you think he's going to go for? Well, good question. Uh, yeah, that's that, that's where I see uh, that there, there can be a problem. Because if I remember well, Likens is using... Uh, or a classic central forward and two wingers. Now Nikolic is no winger, so definitely no winger. So it's either fitting to classic central forwards, a target man and a poacher into the team with one winger, or only fitting one. But if you if you put in Nikolic, you will be popular with the fans. But then you leave a Salai, who is basically the the only Hungarian player doing really well at the, at the World Cup qualification. Also, the, the Hungarian forward who plays at the highest level right now. So, it, it, it is a conflict. It is, it, it is kind of conflict, yeah. I would it will be a difficult decision. But maybe, maybe Lekans is set to, to be able to work with the material he gets. So if he sees that, okay, we have two quite good strikers and they cannot fit into a three-forward system, maybe he will change it up. I don't know. I don't know. I can't really imagine both playing in a 4 3 3 no. The thing is, with, with, with any level, anywhere in the world, there's, well, I guess in MLS that, that does happen with with Nikolic and Solignac uh, playing up front. But there's very rare, and especially for a team like Hungary, who are uh, usually a backs-to-the-wall team, 
it's un it is unlikely that they're going to go for four four two, for example. I mean, that will be kind of the, the the great position yeah. to fit them both in, but it doesn't really work tactically because you leave yourself open, you leave yourself two two versus three more more likely than not in the center of the park, and then how does Jujak fit into a four four two? I I don't I don't think he'll be effective whatsoever, and defensively he's not the greatest either. So I mean. 4-4-2 just doesn't really work for Hungary, in, in my opinion. So to fit them both in the team is is tough. Do you have a one striker formation or, or a three striker formation? And then, but but for a three three, three striker formation is not like something like a target man winger and the motor yeah. playing at the same time. No, I I am really curious how he will how he will try it because it's a potentially explosive thing. Yeah, for sure. Because if Nico comes from the US and does not play, thank you very much. That's absolutely enough for me. Mm-hmm. I'm doing this for years. I'm I'm not playing, not having any of this, not having any of this. I think he played 24, 20, 24, 23 matches. He played full 90 minutes on only one. <laughs> and we are talking. And we are talking about the striker who is by far the most uh, uh, has the best goal average averages in the last ten years, I would say, in Hungarian top-level football. Mm-hmm. On the other hand, if you put in Nikolic and leave Salai out, that's also a problem because Salai can say that okay, come on, I am the only Hungarian striker playing in the top league. How does it come that I'm not playing? I should be playing. And I scored like six goals on my last seven national team appearances. But I need to play. That's that's potential conflict, I think. We will, we will, we will see now because I'm sure that in the November matches, uh, Nikolic will be the main striker up front. And maybe if he, if he plays well or grabs few goals maybe uh, then then mm, it will be a good indication for Lakans as well that he has this guy as well it's it's worth counting on him I mean there's always the option of uh, like 3-5-2 the under 21s played it uh, well miserably against Italy and they played it well against <laughs> Germany uh, so yeah the, the, the problem the problem with that is that in Hungarian football culture, uh, the three central defense defenders backline is 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 very rarely used. Mm-hmm. It's only Boshos, really. Uh, mostly, yeah, most teams are are used to playing with four at the back, not three at the back, and uh, and also if if you're playing something like a three-five-two, you need wingers who can defend or attack. Where do you put Judai? Who cannot defend? The, the the thing is with Jujak, like I I I think that he could kind of do a role like as a number ten. I mean, he's played there a few times at Alvada, and he's he's like mm, yes, you can try play Jujak number ten. I think there have been one or two efforts for that. It's just he's but kind of, of lost his very pace, though as well. Like he's 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 slowing down like visibly in my opinion when I see him play for the national team. Well, well, that's ba- basically that's just nature because wingers speak the earliest and they start to fade out. Mm-hmm. 
the prequels because they start to lose their pace. And that happens also with Drudak. Now, yes, if if Drudak loses the ability to just outspeed his opponent and whip it crosses or come in and have good shots, uh, that's that's that, that's problematic. That's problematic then it's either Drudak out or retrain him to a new position. Uh, and retraining him to a new position would make sense because he can he, he can shoot, he can pass, he he's not the most creative player ever, but he has creativity. Yeah. And that's under relax going forward. I think so. Too. So maybe maybe yes. Maybe maybe in the future he will revert to roles that uh, that are not winger roles, but but he play, he will play inside. Maybe yes. Yeah, I think I think like you say, he can pass. He can kind of find a pass as well, and you can always kind of work a shooting opportunity from inside as well. I mean, I don't know if that will happen soon, but I mean, three five two just might be the way to go. You could have Besher on the on the right uh, right wing back. You could have Kohu at left wing back, or maybe Hongya in time. Kodar, Korchmar, and and Guzmich at centre half. Um, that's a pretty decent team. I mean, I I don't. I'm not a massive fan of Besher personally. Um, I, I think defensively he isn't great, but going forward he's not bad. And if he's playing in a 3-5-2, then he's got that kind of support behind him. And same with Korhut as well. I think Korhut's pretty much exactly the same as Besher. He's like decent going forward, but a bit like uh, volatile in defensively. So it could be the way to go, really. And and we're not exactly stacked with wingers like Jurcho. Anyone else? Steber, Rolly Varga. I mean, there's, we're not stacked in, in, in wingers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like a few, a few years earlier, we we had a problem there, like a good, good kind of problem because there were so many wingers. You, you can remember that Husti yeah. was gone from the national team, and Husti and Jujak went head to head for one position in the team. Mm-hmm. And the, if you think. And yes, at home, well, Holmoshi as well, yeah. So maybe, maybe. But the, the, the problem is that Hungarian teams don't, don't really play with three defenders and the players are not really learning it in the youth teams either. Mm-hmm. So, okay, you have, uh, you, you could see Holmoshi played three at the back with Rossi, but plays four at the back now. Mm-hmm. Or... Yeah, Vosos plays three at the back because they they have basically overflow centre backs. They have two lines quite good or decent level centre backs, and Holodaj did that, and maybe Kopelschwab did that. But but in general, Hungarian players are growing up in a system with favors for for defender formations. So that's what they learn. That's what they are kind of good at. Okay. That maybe it's maybe it's a little strong because then if they're so good at it, then there are, for example, the Hungarian fullbacks, non-existent basically. Mm-hmm. From apart from okay, Korhut, but usually what do you see? Like converted centre backs or converted wingers. Yeah, like Lovrenic uh, playing it. Yeah. And Korhut, Korhut is the the only. Fullback, I think, in the national team squad, who was always a fullback, <laughs> which is kind of, and I, that I think even 
and maybe with him was a forward or something like that. So, but but, but at least when he came into senior football, he already he already plays a fullback. So three at the back is uh, is not something usual for Hungary. It might might be worth trying, but I but but I would say that the uh, will go with either four three three because most of the Belgian teams use that, so he knows that formation best of all. Or he he, he will stuck with the same that Stork did formation wise because that's what the team knows best. He said to be very pragmatic, so I think these are the two most pragmatic approaches. Um, trying to stay on the on the youth academy bit a second. Paul says, uh, "What is the status of the youth academy setup in Hungary?" Um, and he put, "Did the Belgium report generate any changes?" I guess that's a bit too early. But w- what do you think the status of the uh, youth academy setup is at the moment? Do you think it's a good, good uh, status? It's, it's too late to tell that there has been any change because we don't see that day to day. We don't see the, we don't really have the reference points. Only those who are working in youth football see that. But the, the fact that there was something like the, something like this double pass system going through the Hungarian system and evaluating it is, it is very good. That is very useful because the academies can see their flows. What is the state? I, I don't think it's... Uh, I don't think the status is very, very, very good. I mean, there has been a load of money spent on Hungarian academies, not just now, but for maybe now for a decade. And, but there was huge investment in infrastructure, in in basically everything and do we see the returns do we see the returns i don't think that we do i mean the academies the academies are producing players for the hungarian first division right now well without academies the youth teams produce players for the hungarian first division as well so in that way there is no there is no Difference. There is no difference. They're producing the, the the players for the same league, just after a lot of money was poured into the system. That I don't think that's that's very good, and I don't think that that uh, uh, people in Hungarian football hoped it would turn out to be. I think everyone hoped that by now, through the academy system, we have like at least six, eight, ten top league top league players, and we don't have. And we don't have very few players in general uh, play in top leagues from Hungary, which is a huge problem, I think. And even some of those are basically were, were, were passed by the academy system. Adam Nagy is not a real academic product. He was he was basically thought to do something else, not football. At at one time and so, so I, I don't know I, I see the huge investment that's good I see the that's good if, the, if it's used well I see the huge investment in infrastructure that's very good because it has been run down but if you spend so much money on something you need to have some kind of results and and products 
which are who are snapped up by at least high level or really top level elite level clubs and we don't see that and that's a problem and obviously Honved in the uh, in the UEFA Youth League just lost 8-0 to Krasnodar so um, that's not the greatest reflection of Hungarian academies right now Honved obviously won the under 19 league and that's why they're in the UEFA Youth League for last year they, they said that Krasnodar is one of the best youth teams actually and what yeah. one of the best youth in Europe I can't I can't believe that I didn't see the game so I I, I I I have to take it what they say, but it's quite a brutal thing. Like after spending so much, and Hovid, which has very good youth teams, and also uses the players in the in the senior team. So it's not like they're just playing youth football and then go nowhere. They're playing youth football and they can get into the first team as well. Exactly like. And then they go out. And get beaten eight 0 That's problem. That's a problem. That's that's a very that's a very rough reality track. Exactly. With the likes of like you say, Kronzlandar have got a a very good reputation of at least being Russia's Russia's best academy at the moment. They've, apparently, there's been millions and tens of millions poured into that academy. But the problem I kind of see from that is that Bano Shabo, who has played so many games for Honved's first team, he was playing in that game. There was another first team player from uh, the Hanved team yeah. who was playing in that game as well, and they still lost eight. Now, I mean, I don't want to like beat this drum, but I mean, it, it is kind of worrying that that at this level, at this <laughs> age, that that they can be so far behind already. I mean, that means where are they going to be in three or four years when they've when they're not quite at the same level and these teams have bought players in? Like that is, I think that's a worry. But yeah, maybe we shouldn't overstate it. I mean, okay, it's one result, it's not a result, it's something to, it's a good lesson, it's a good lesson for Honved, I think, if, and they look, they look like from the, from the first reaction that they want to learn from it, which is good. Mm-hmm. In, 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 in general, much more Hungarian academic players go and play in higher higher quality leagues because basically that's the only way forward until Hungary is not able to produce one or better two teams which are able to at least reach the European Europe League uh, group stage or Champions League group stage but that's more of a dream basically than reality but Europa League is a possibility until there are no Hungarian teams capable of going there if you stay in Hungary, you will not play. You will not meet top-level oppositions. You you will not get used to uh, to top-level football. You won't get used to that tempo. You don't don't get used to that kind of aggressivity. So you have to go abroad. Hungarian Hungarian football is not able to produce clubs that challenge for group stages, and not able to produce youth youth players or young players who can go and play at the Bundesliga or Premier League or Serie A or anything basically or they maybe even even the level below that Belgium Holland will be very good but if you if you look at that Belgium and Holland 
are are two leagues that are traditionally getting Hungarian players. Now there are hardly any Hungarian players in any of them. I don't know. I I, I was kind of shocked when I I realized that right now the the most Hungarians playing in the top top tier football league is in Slovakia because of that. Do not say that. But that's basically a, a regional ethnic team. You can live in Hungary and you can, can commute to, to Nazarbay. And then, second is the MLS. <laughs> for for you using the most Hungarian players in the top level. And and that 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 brings the question. If you look at the Hungarian national team squad six, seven years ago, when it was maybe four or five guys from the Hungarian elite, and the rest, maybe they weren't playing, maybe were, they were just backup, just rotation members. But they played in, they played in England, they played in Germany, they played in Holland, Belgium, Italy. That's 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 a huge difference. That's a huge difference, and. And that's not good. That's not good because I believe that the top leagues will pull more and more away from the rest of Europe. That also means that whoever plays in the top leagues or can get players to play in the top leagues have a comparative advantage in national team level as well. And if Hungary is not able to produce youth players via the academies who can play at the highest level, then Hungary is risking to be left very far behind, I think. Do you feel that a reason why Hungarian players aren't going to the likes of Belgium now, Holland now, Italy now, England even, is because mm. is because that, um, that the players that have gone there previously, I think of Nobi Balo just recently, uh, Roland Schalai, uh, they 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 go there and they don't make an impact. So the people at the other clubs are like, well, we're not going to go to Hungary because these guys uh, is is a case study, is a case study at these other clubs that they're they're not working out. Do you think that kind of plays into the mentality of why these Hungarian players aren't going? To uh, yeah, yes, I think yes, I think yes, that can play into the mentality, and uh, and it's it's true the other way around as well because. If a Hungarian goes abroad and does very well in that place, there there is usually more Hungarians coming in. MLS. So, yeah. For example, now MLS or Poland after Lovrencic. Mm-hmm. Lovrencic. What's that? Uh, Polish, Polish teams absolutely did, did not sign anyone from Hungary for years and years and years. Then Lovrencic went and was good. And I said, okay, that's good because we can get Hungarian players relatively cheaply, and if they can be as good as Lorenzic, then, okay, fine. And there was, I think, one time that maybe there were like six, seven Hungarians in the in the Polish league. Even Gostani was there. Uh, in Belgium, was like this. Uh, so yeah, and uh, yes, 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 it, it plays a part. Also, what plays part, I think that lot more money in Hungarian domestic football than before. And that means if a young player goes abroad and things things don't work out so well, earlier what was what were the options to come home and play football for 
much less money, or to go maybe to another country and try, 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 try as a foreign player all over Europe. Now, Hungarian teams are able to play much more, so it's much easier to get home the players who are not playing in, for example, Western Europe. I think that that, that, that that's also something that if you if you can play at home in your own surroundings, in your own culture, for a, for a wage that that is very very comfortable, so to say, that maybe a lot of players would say, okay, I will stay here. I I don't want to so to say chase the dream and uh, fight to get into the 25 member squad of a Belgium. I don't know, Belgium mid-table team. No, I'd rather stay home and be the king here. Maybe that, uh, maybe that as well. And I, I think also there is, uh, uh, maybe there are links missing with with agents getting the players abroad. Uh, we know that, for example, from former Yugoslavia, they have so deep running uh, connections with basically, I would say, all of the top class leagues. They they have former players there. They have a web of agents and coaches, former players, advisors. They so so it's it's much easier to move, let's say, to Spain from Croatia or Serbia than from Hungary. That takes time. That takes time. And building up uh, such connections and such links that the agents can find their ways into footballs everywhere. Look at Albania, Albania, which was basically well, not nowhere, but not Albanian players were not the most sought after. Right now, Albania has much more top league players than Hungary in the national team squad, most in, in Italy, and they have a steady, steady flow towards Italy from Albania. I think we, we should aim to build up something like that. Yeah, and, and even the likes of Macedonia have quite a few few players playing in Italy and, and in the top leagues as well. Uh, moving on to the, the two games coming up, obviously it's Luxembourg on Thursday and then Costa Rica on Tuesday. What do you think would be what are you kind of expecting of these two games? Is it kind of just going to be very experimental? Mm, a little experimental, yes, maybe. A uh, good opportunity for George Lakers to, to look at the team because he's not, he's not coaching them yet. So he can be more like, like an outsider evaluating the, the players. And yeah. As some of uh, some of experimenting, I I cannot even I cannot even make a bet on the results. I don't think that that anything was would surprise me in those two games. Well, uh, it would be very nice not to get beaten by Luxembourg because if if you have a year in which you get beaten by Andorra and Luxembourg, that's not good. <laughs> so I I really, I really 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 hope it. Uh, it doesn't come to this, but I, I can imagine like us not winning the game in Luxembourg. With Costa Rica, I don't know. I don't know. It's absolutely unknown. I mean, how motivated they will be. Mm, I don't know how will they like the... Well, basically, the weather is not that nice. 
at, 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 at the moment that can be a problem for that maybe and then maybe i don't know i don't know the hungarian national team members motivations as well but i i think that the fact that they know that lakers will watch them that will be a motivating factor because not playing well now um maybe you will have troubles in getting into the squad later mm-hmm. so the best i hope is of course by the two wins and at least to to get some of the fans back behind the scene maybe that maybe that 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 would be good that would be a good outcome but that can only come with results as well and and the fans made themselves heard uh, the farewell game and their discontent quite loudly i i think the players will try to avoid that again it's it's enough you know it's enough pissing up the the fan base two times in one year that's much enough i don't know i don't feel personally that it's it feels like a start of a new or because lekans is not yet coaching it so it's only it's say that she has a as an interim manager doing the two two games i don't know i don't think that even fans are that very excited for them no and uh and costa rica are actually without their star man kayla navas because he's injured for the two games and also i tweeted today that luxembourg actually have a better record than hungary over 2017 they've won two games drawn two and lost four whereas hungary have won two and lost five and then one of them draws actually includes a um a draw away at france as well so <laughs> i mean if, if we draw with luxembourg that means they're going to end the year well more than likely uh, unless hungary beat costa rica <laughs> that uh, costa uh, that luxembourg are going to win the year uh, as having a better one than hungary which is <laughs> uh, depressing very depressing but it's 2017 it's been a very depressing year it's not the year that we are will be looking at youtube for for the highlights of our game that's for sure <laughs> um to quickly end we're going to just uh, take a couple of questions on mb1 these are both from twitter uh, new era soccer ins puts uh, what about the ups and downs in the diosjo camp is it a coaching problem that they're, that they're so inconsistent or is it the players no i think uh, I, th- i think diosjo is not better than this i mean they have a very mediocre squad i think in terms of in terms of quality and tomas bulog i think is a very good coach he is also coach who who is one of the few who has a style you you see that you see his team and you see what he wants to play he he plays really like very in your face very unpleasant very aggressive football that's very good that's something that that that's been lacking from the hungarian game i think so i i really like to see that but but on the other hand if you do that with an, with an, with a squad that it quality wise is not that very good it's rather mediocre i would say then i think this is what you will get because you will get surprise wins and sometimes you will absolutely steamroll someone and then next week maybe you get a huge hiding somewhere I think I think that's natural, but 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 it's exciting. 
I mean, it's, it's better looking at the audio metrics than looking at, I don't know, whole that metrics, <laughs> so to say. Few goal, few goals, and how that's not paying very, very well, so to say. And the audio, is there are goals. They, they, uh, the goal average in the audio metrics is, the, is by far the highest in NBA, uh, in the top division. So the, it's a kind of very exciting project. I don't know, I don't know what will come out of it. I think this, I think this. So they will be, they will have a heap of wins and a heap of losses and very few draws, and uh, and very widely inconsistent results. And that's that. If that's down to co- down to coaching, it's down to coaching because the coach wants to play wants the team to play a certain style. And maybe he needs more quality uh, to to use that style and be more consistent. Mm-hmm. Um, and then this is the final one. Uh, it's on Fraudy Ultras. I don't know if, uh, hopefully, you guys who are listening have seen it, but if you haven't, just make sure you check out the, the Fraudy uh, versus the Retson game at the weekend. The, the, the Fraudy Ultras are absolutely amazing. They are back for the first time. Um, smoke everywhere i think they got how much how much was their fine was it 300 300 uh 300 000 euro something like that well three million foreigns that is like about hundred thousand euro yeah. yeah 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 so that was uh, that was the fine and and basically the the ultra blocks are all banned for three games <laughs> that's crazy that, but, that's, that seems excessive at least well but it's not excessive because, like, there was a. I mean, if there are three people in the hospital, yeah, after somebody took one or two knives and injured other people and got then got beaten, that's very serious security breach. I think I think they had that coming, unfortunately. Uh, and then it's a good question that there was the other. I don't know. 7,000 people who did not do anything wrong at the match mm-hmm. and provided huge support and basically they are the ones who get screwed. Uh, so we, 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 we don't know yet how will, how will they solve it. Maybe they might be able to move the, move the fans who were just standing in those boats but did not do anything. Maybe they will be able to move them to another sectors but it's quite complicated uh, it's quite complicated and well the the, the the whole thing did not come out that well that's for the weird part I mean it's, it's huge that that their 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 ultras are back because without them it's as we say like a giant with only one hand <laughs> It's 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 not somebody if if the fans if the fans are not all there. On the other hand, I think I think we could we, we could have expected that there will be there will be trouble when the ultras come back and the same people who were in their place stayed in the stayed in the stadium. So so as I think it's not surprising that. There was a little bit of trouble. It's it's very it's very sad that that there was trouble, and the consequences as well, because 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 
if you're at the for the game and the for the ultras are there you usually don't see the trouble you see the atmosphere and that atmosphere is is something that brings people to the stadium uh, that brings kids back again because they want to experience the same atmosphere well it's a long process it's a long process to to get the fans back and to get violence out and of course it's all over the media and the fans don't like it that it's all over the media because they say like everybody behaved well and there was huge atmosphere and like all the media writes about is that there was a conflict with the injuries but what could the media do i mean if there is a conflict of that scale the media will write about it it won't be it won't be nice but they they will write about it so so like the return of the of the Freddy ultras was well maybe not as as it was planned but i think we could smell trouble a bit and there was trouble and but I, but i hope this is a good test this this is a good test for everyone it's a good test for for uh for the directors of Freddy and a good test for the leaders of the fan groups if they they are able to solve this problem in a civilized way which don't doesn't lead to another boycott or something then that will be a huge step forward i think because well hungary football needs that if but really really everyone try to watch that try to watch that what happened before the kickoff that atmosphere that's something you don't really get at any other hungarian stadium and that was something that was gone missing for three and a half years something like that and that is very very much missed i mean i, I was i i was at the old front ground sometimes with my favorite team as an away fan uh when we were too tiny to be bothered with so we we never had any trouble <laughs> but you you had some like an anticipation going there and, and and you waited for how how will they support the team and what will they do it's it, it's, it's something like a spectacle and it's something that that is not anymore there or never was there in in most of the hungarian grounds they will need they, they need to find the club needs the club needs the, that passion and the club needs the ultra groups the ultra groups of course also need their club what they don't need is uh, things like stabbing that's for sure yeah for sure that that was obviously horrendous but on the on the, on the flip side the, the, having the ultras back was was amazing to see and you see it across all of the the kind of ultra twitter accounts and the ultra facebook accounts where you see Ferencvaros on there, like you say, the Hungarian game needs that. Like it needs that kind of that fan culture, which was kind of missing for three and a half years. You get it sometimes at Oyepest or or Diazjo, but not to not to the same intense level as you get at Frodi. And and there is you're not in the same numbers, not in the same kind of explosive style either. It was it was it it, it brings not just like people in the Hungarian game in but like as a european culture like it's loved by everyone the 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 ultras the ultra kind of style and and to to time to show people 
that oh this is what it's like at Hungarian games that kind of brings like um, just you kind of feel like warm that like that, that these things kind of go on because that is that the football on the pitch may be not may not be great but you can kind of say yeah but this is what happens in the Hungarian stands it's kind of something to kind of almost boast about it in a way and that kind of has been missing and and I would say to like kind of my friends English friends oh should we go to Budapest to watch a game I'll be like not really because there's nothing that will be that exciting to go and watch but now if I was going to go oh should we go to Budapest to watch a game yeah, we'll go to Ferenc Varas because the atmosphere that you will experience there is magnificent. And that's what that's what you kind of want and that's what Froddy give you. So having them back in that sense, is, in my opinion, is amazing. It, it, it is amazing. You, you have to take the good and you have to take the bad. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you have that now, passion fans, there will be, there will be always, always a percentage of them that will, that will go and look for trouble. That was... That, 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 I, I don't think that that will change. I, I really don't think. But in general, I think we get much more positives of them being there than negatives. Yeah. And, and but, but on the other hand, the, the club and the ultras themselves have to have to make it sustainable that they go in and there will be no trouble. If they go in have the same passion and there is no trouble, then everybody will be very, very happy with that, I think. And uh, this was not a perfect start, obviously. Uh, I'm really curious what will come out of the whole thing because the club now has an internal investigation and there will be talks with the, uh, with the fan group leaders as well. We will see, of course, there is a police investigation as well. Uh, MLS banned those sectors for three games and hit the club with a multi-million foreign foreign fine. Mm, So everybody's doing that in March when the Froddy fans will return to normal sectors, where it will be be trouble-free. I really hope so. I really hope so. I imagine it will be just because the reason of the stabbing was kind of... Kind of like a... It was almost inevitable that that was going to happen if the guy who turned up did and he did so i i can't imagine it will be quite as bad as that again i, I hope not anyway so. but, yeah yes yeah, so i neither on, on the other hand i i really, I really can't see that but i i can't encourage something like this but why did not do it outside the stadium because they get the, they, they get the club in trouble yeah and they get fellow fans in trouble if they do trouble inside. Mm-hmm. For sure. This will be the last question. Uh, for the next two games, what are your predictions? Next to Luxembourg on Thursday and Costa Rica on Tuesday. An absolutely miserable 1-0 win over Luxembourg. That's optimistic. Yes. Really good result. <laughs> then, because it's like nothing to play for, you can play freely, maybe a 2-2 against Costa Rica. Yeah, I think we'll beat Costa Rica and the draw against Luxembourg. That's me. Oof. <laughs> uh, that would be nice if we draw at Luxembourg. <laughs> but yes, that, that's, I was thinking about very recent. No, no. But I give, it, I give it to the guys. Maybe they will win it 1 0. Nikolic. Yeah, Nikolic. That's good. Sounds good. Sounds good to me. <laughs> 
great stuff. Thank you, Gergay, for coming on. Thank you again.